Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TV Radio. Central Texas. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. What's good, radio family? The Thomas Voice Radio Network has an all-star lineup just for you. Just pick your flavor. Starting with, on Sundays, the Thomas Voice Reloaded at 2 p.m., Central Standard Time, followed by Satellite with Michael Ceballos at 4.30 p.m. Monday, The Grub at 12 noon. Darcy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Waste of Life with Sister Deanne Labrine at 6 p.m. Friday's Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4 p.m. Saturdays is our triple hitter, and it starts off with Saturdays for Best with Sister Lorraine Brown, followed by Brother Now Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m., and Motobar Nation with Sandra Grace at 7 p.m. The Thomas was presents by appointment only, coming soon. TPD Radio Open Mic, open to all pastors, preachers and artists and we're going to get it in to be announced you can also catch us on live 365 24 7 just search the thomas voice radio network and you're in there walk with us family let's go At Javina Distributing, we got your covering for your winter and summer needs. One size fits all. To order yours today, please message them on Facebook at Javina Distributing or call 616-929-2991 or 517-489-6923. Or you can order from the website, www.allsportsheadgear.com, and type in promo code SIRON2020 to receive 20% off your purchase. Let's get it. Let's go. At Majal's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hands.
body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. Listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. Over the Weights of War. With Sis Diane LeBrand. Right now on TPV Radio.
victory over the weight of life with Sister Deanne Libreen. Everybody, welcome everybody. How are you? I hope you have had a great day today. Happy first day of the month of September to you. Can you believe it? We are 75% out of 2020 already. It's like it just started and it is on its way out. I am so happy to be with you again. Thank you. As always, I so appreciate you coming to be with me. Don't forget, don't forget, you can call in at 515-605-9873. That is 505-605-9873. If you, have, uh, if you want to make a comment, if you, if you want to say something, you are welcome to, to call in. You don't have to give your name. But before we go any further in this uh, program, we have a special guest for you who's going to come on in a little bit, tell you a story, and then we will take off from there. But before we do anything, we must invite the presence of the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Almighty God, we give you thanks. We give you glory. We give you the praise that is so deserving of you. Lord, we thank you and we love you today. We thank you because today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it in spite of what's going on, God. You are still God. You still rule. You still sit on the throne, and we adore you, and we love you, and we bless you. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you come into this program. Father, fill our mouths with the words that you want us to speak so others can hear, so they too can learn of your goodness. Lord, I pray a special blessing over the Newtons in the name of Jesus. Meet their needs, God, supernaturally. Meet the needs of TPV Radio Network supernaturally, we pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We magnify you in this day. We glorify you in this day. Everyone listening to this program, we pray a blessing over them. We pray, God, that their hearts will hear from you and they will open the doors to their hearts and they will invite you in today. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor that is due unto you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Somebody let the church say amen, amen, and amen. Praise ye the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I love the Lord because he first loved me. When I was in my mess, no one came to get me but Jesus. When I was too dirty for everybody else, I was just dirty enough for him to come and get me and to clean me up. So I love the Lord and I thank him for what he's doing. Again, I ask if you would like to call in today, you can call in at 515-605-9800. Seven, three as well. Don't forget www.tpvradionetwork.com. You can go there. Please find my show, Victory Over the Waste of Life, with your host, I, author, 
speaker, Diane Lubrin. It is me. Yes, yes, yes. It's a wonderful feeling to be alive. I just, uh, as we continue to go through all these changes with the coronavirus, I ask that you guys be careful out there. Take care of yourselves. You know, uh, I know some people just like to live la vida loca, and it's all good how you live your life, but please just be careful. We don't want anybody else getting sick, and most definitely we don't want anybody else losing their lives to this virus. So you guys, please take care of yourself. Amen. As I stated before, today is September 1st, 2020. It is the first day of September, and our first Tuesday of the month is all about domestic violence. As someone who God has brought out of domestic violence, as someone God has delivered, and I'm not even all the way delivered yet to be to, to tell you the honest truth, because there are still some things that still triggers me. There are still some things that gets on my nerves. There's still some memories that I have, that they come and they harass me. But blessed be the name of the Lord. He's gotten me out. And what I want to do is to have other survivors, other overcomers to come on this show and tell their story, hoping and praying that victims will hear their stories and they too will know they don't have to be victimized. They too will know you are more than worthy to be loved. You deserve good, clean love. You deserve respect. You don't deserve anybody to manipulate you. You don't deserve to live in fear or live a controlled life. You deserve to live a free life as God allowed Jesus to die so that we may have, I'm not talking about living all kind of crazy life, but no one has the right to put their hands on you, to call you stupid, to call you dumb, to make you feel like you, you just less than a dog. No one has the right to manipulate you, to take over your life and control you. You do not have to live in fear, walking on eggshells. You were called to do and be more than that. So this is my purpose. I absolutely believe this is why the Lord got me here so I can help others. So, again, I would love for you to call in, especially after you hear our speaker. If you have any questions for her, you can call 515-605-9873. If you want to listen to us online, www.tpvradionetwork.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let us put our hands together as we welcome our speaker for the night. Speaker, introduce yourself. How are you? And welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm I'm so honored. How are you? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have this platform to speak today. Um, I'm Michaela McNeil. Um, I'm the CEO of the Butterfly Effect. Um, I am a domestic violence survivor. How my story started. Um, it started at a young age. Um, I kind of grew up in a dysfunctional household. So I feel like from a very young age, I always 
tried to seek validation in men um, instead of really having that self-love for myself. Um, At the age of 17, I met a man who was very charismatic, very charming, um, swept me off my feet pretty fast. Um, We got married, and it first started out as verbal abuse. It was more him calling me names, telling me I'd never amount to anything in life. Um, I was ugly. I was fat. And I started to believe those things. But I feel like at the time I would convince myself, well, it's not that bad. It's not physical. Um, But soon his drinking started picking up, and it did become physical. He would hit me, kick me, slap me, spit on me. Um, I think one of the worst times was when he had choked me to the point of unconsciousness. Um, And when I came to my senses, the neighbors had called the paramedics because there was so much noise and racket, and I was hospitalized for a few days. And I remember the social worker coming in and telling me that there was no room in the domestic violence shelters. So basically Hmm. they would have to release me to the streets. And at the time, I contemplated in my head back and forth, should I go back to my abuser or should I just walk out with these clothes I have on my back from this hospital and find my own way? And that's what I chose to do. Um, I was sleeping on park benches, not knowing when I was going to eat, not knowing when I was going to take a shower. I felt lost. I I felt afraid. I felt hopeless. Um, There was a lot of times where he would text me uh, when he did post bail. um, He would text me and tell me to come back and let's work things out. But I knew that if I went back, you know, that might be the last time, you know, and and I might not be able to come back from that. So I I think I was homeless for a good seven, eight months before I finally got into my own apartment. And it it inspired me to create the Butterfly Effect Project because it made me think about how many other men and women all over the world are Mm -hmm. suffering at the hands of their perpetrator. I felt like not only did I have to fight my perpetrator, but I had to fight the system as well. I felt disposable to the world, and it made me really sad that there's so much lack of resources in our communities for domestic violence survivors who do want help and they do want to get out. To be told that the shelters are full, it almost gives you a feeling of there's no hope, and the only option that you have is to stay with your abuser. So I decided Mm -hmm. to create the Butterfly Effect. It started out as just a Facebook page about me talking about my story, um, posting educational information about domestic violence. And I honestly didn't think anybody was going to look at it. Um, In three months, I had close to like 12,000 followers. Um, I got an outpour of just people telling me that what I was doing was amazing and that they were going through the same thing. Um, and it kind of inspired me to just create more awareness. I feel like a lot of times people who are going through domestic violence don't even know that they're going through it just because of the lack of education, um, on domestic violence. I feel like it's something that needs to be talked about more. Knowledge is power. We need to educate each other on what the cycle of abuse is, what healthy relationships look like, um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, they don't even know that they're experiencing it. 
So True. over the time that I've had my butterfly effect, I've been able to be on other people's podcasts. I've been able to help people all across the world, men and women. Um, I advocate for them. I give them peer-to-peer support, um, just somebody to talk to. Sometimes I'll look up resources for them. Um, I actually just got my own office. Um, so Great I am boy. going to be starting to take donations soon um, to help people in my local area of Iowa um, who are domestic violence survivors because a lot of times we lose everything in those situations. Um, and we have True. to start completely over with nothing, with just now, the clothes on our back. Um, right. Now, Michaela, so, let me ask you uh, Let me ask you this. Uh, you spoke of the domestic abuse portion of the uh, physical abuse. Can you mm-hmm. just give us uh, one of the examples of the the abuse that you suffered and what was the last thing he did that made you say, forget it, I'm done? Was that when he choked you unconscious or was there something else or had that happened before? Did you leave before and come back, you know, before all that? Because people don't realize sometimes before a victim comes out of that relationship, they leave and come back, leave and come back. So what was the last straw? Did you, was this the first and last time you left and came back or that was just it? Well, the the last straw would be, be when he choked me to the point of unconsciousness. Um, although he did okay. put his hands on me a lot of times before that, um, I feel mm-hmm. like I had a distorted sense of love. I felt like I was in love with him. So I kept trying to continue to find ways to make it work, um, right. even through the verbal abuse and, and through the physical abuse. Right. So you just went through the physical and verbal only. Were were there any emotional or financial? Because sometimes, uh, especially when we're dealing with a narcissist, dealing with a narcissist, you go through all of these. But there are some abusers, they are just all about the physical. Some are all emotional or financial. And then there are some where they be two or three different types of abuse. I feel like he was more um, verbal and physical. Um, As far as the financial aspect, I feel like that's where he tried to win me over. Uh, He would buy Mm. me anything that I wanted. He would give me gifts. Um, I never wanted for anything. I never needed for anything. And so I almost felt like that was his way of kind of making what he was doing to me justifiable in his eyes, even though there's no excuse for abuse whatsoever. None, none. But we're glad that you are out. And how long ago did you walk you away there. from that relationship? It's been a good five years now that I've been out of okay. my uh, domestic violence relationship. Um, I do still have residual effects from post-traumatic stress to anxiety. Um, I do have triggers um, in a as a lot of people do when they come out of a domestic violence relationship. So I do try to talk Mm -hmm. a lot on my butterfly effect about kind of rebuilding ourselves. We have to rebuild Mm -hmm. our sense of self-esteem and self-worth and kind of build ourselves back up again. Um, And that's kind of what I'm in the process of doing now, even though I am five years out, um, I do still have moments where I have flashbacks and 
certain oh. things trigger me. And I, you know what? I have had women, and you probably have women like this too, uh, reaching out to you from around the world. And I had this lady, she was in her 60s, and she was just coming out of an abusive relationship. And usually, uh, I say this all the time, if a person has never been in a violent relationship, they understand nothing about what domestic violence is because all they will say is, well, why are you there? Why can't you just walk away? And for them, it's just black and white. But when you are in it, you cannot see it yourself. When you met that man when you were 17, were there any flags? Because there are usually some flags, but because, like you said, uh, the rejection, you know, I went through that as well. So when it, when it comes to us wanting somebody to love us so much and accept us so much, we see the flags. We see them all, but we bypass them, hoping that love will erase them and not allow this to happen. Yes, you're totally right. Um, I think that I did, looking back now, I definitely uh, think that there was red flags. Um, his drinking started picking up, and it was kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality. Mm-hmm. I never knew what mm-hmm. person I was going to get. I never knew if it was going to be the nice, charming husband that I thought I was falling in love with or this monster. Um, so I feel like it was a, a up-and-down roller coaster and an up-and-down up battle. Um, I do think that sometimes we have a distorted sense of love. Um, I want everybody listening to understand love does not hurt. Love is not boostful. Love is not painful. Love is patient. It's gentle. It's kind. It's understanding. Um, And I Mm -hmm. think that those are some of the things that at the time I didn't really understand. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard, you know, when you feel like you love someone and you you slowly see them deteriorate and turn into mm-hmm. this monster, this narcissistical person that Absolutely. you really don't even know, you know. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you know what? I am uh I'm writing another book and by the will of God's grace, I'm praying I can have everything said and done for next month because October is the month where we recognize domestic violence. And I speak of narcissism in that book. Did you have any clue what a narcissist was when you got with him? Because I knew nothing. I didn't even know that word existed. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea what narcissist was I had no idea really even what domestic violence was um, until I actually had experienced it. So you grew up in a household where you never experienced it? I mean, I did see some domestic violence in my household. I think at the time I was really too young to really understand what it was, um, I, okay. this might sound crazy, but I kind of felt like it was my normal. I almost felt <laughs> like that's what a relationship was supposed to look like just because Absolutely. I hadn't seen anything else. Right, right. And this is why I say 
domestic violence affects everybody in the house one way or the other. If you are in the environment where there is any kind of toxicity in relationship, you may not realize it. My daughter, loving child, but my daughter has this callous on her heart because she's made up her mind what my mama went through, I'll never go through with it. So this is why it is so important, I believe, for us to speak candidly and openly about domestic abuse. This is why I am so grateful that the Newtons gave me this platform so we can speak openly about it. Also, in the church, we don't speak about any form of domestic violence in the church. Oh, you might hear pastor say something, uh, putting your hands on your, your woman or something like that, and that's it. But there are so many women all over suffering from domestic abuse. And for a minute, this was my little naive self. I thought that stuff never went on in the church. Or I thought professional people did not go through this. But domestic violence, it affects every nationality. It affects every uh, creed, religion. Domestic violence is not biased because this is a Christian station. But what I thank God for is, Brother Chris, allow us to be controversial and say what other churches will not say and touch on some things that people are too scared to say because they're more, they're more wanting acceptance than, than letting people get free. Domestic violence, it takes place also in the gay and lesbian lifestyle. You know, so I just want to say thank you so much so far for the butterfly effect because you have no idea who you're reaching. So before we go on, is there if somebody needed you to, to speak at an event, well, now we can only do it via Zoom and whatnot, how can they get in contact with you? Because I want to give you that opportunity so you can go ahead and be able to, to just keep telling your story to help others. Yes, so everyone can reach me on Facebook. Um, my link is www.facebook.com forward slash butterfly effect for victims and survivors. Um, you can also reach me at HTTPS, for, two forward slashes, anchor FM, Michaela McNeil episodes. Um, I do have my own podcast on Anchor, Google, Radio Republic. Um, it's called Speak Out Convos, um, and I'm always looking for different people to come on and tell their story as well. Um, it's Fantastic. a way for us to speak out and speak up against domestic violence. Yes, ma'am. Fantastic. I, I love it. I think it is so, so, so needed because domestic violence it is a very shameful thing, you know, and, and when people, like I said, if you've not been in there, you don't understand it, so it's a shameful thing, and victims feel like, you know, hey, I should have known better, I should have seen, I should have understood, and, and, and it's a very shameful life. Did you or were you able to speak openly about your abuse once you got out, or did you keep that to yourself? I kept it to myself uh, for quite a few years. 
uh, before I actually was, I felt confident enough to tell my story. Um, I think it was about two years after my domestic violence situation before I thought about creating the butterfly effect and actually speaking out on what I had gone through in order to inspire and empower others. Wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. So one of the things we learn in uh, after you after you you learn that really kind of after you walk through your healing is the no contact. Once you walk away, unless there are children, there is absolutely no contact. Were you able to keep the no contact, or do you guys have kids where you have to be in communications with each other? I definitely was able to keep the no contact. Um, It was hard at first because I still had those feelings of love. A lot of times when Mm -hmm. we grieve a domestic violence relationship, it's kind of like grieving somebody that died. We have to go through that process. Um, And it was difficult, but I was able to do it. Um, I I found some type of inner strength in me, um, and it was God you know, kind of pulling me a different direction. And I knew that if I kept contact, you know, he might end up killing me or really severely injuring me. And I wanted more for myself and for my life. Um, And so although it was difficult to walk away, I did find the courage and the inner strength to do it. Amen. Thank you, God. Now, you said uh, there were some red flags besides the drinking. And and were there anything, like when you, if you were to go back, do you remember, because the thing is when I met my ex-husband, when I looked back, he made little suggestions, or at least that's what I thought they were, but they were not suggestions, they were chipping away at my personality to bring me into the person that he thought I should be that was good enough for him. Did you experience that? Yeah, I did experience that. Um, Some of the red flags right from the beginning besides the drinking would have to be the mood swings. It would have to be the persona that in public we had to have a certain image, but behind closed doors I was being called all types of names, but in front of, like, family members and things like that, I would be beautiful. I would, he would love me. Um, There was a lot of red flags. Uh, Some of the other ones where nothing I could do would really make them happy. If I was five minutes late making dinner, it would be an argument. If the food wasn't cooked the way he wanted it to be cooked, we would be fighting. Um, it, it would be the smallest things, the most what seemed to be irrelevant things would create arguments and the verbal abuse and the name calling, and then it would escalate to the physical. Wow. Wow. You know, there are so many victims who know exactly what you're talking about, exactly what it's, and then there are some people who have no clue what that is. Um, How long were you married? I was married for, honestly, about six months. So not too long. Wow. Wow. And how long did you guys date? We dated for a good four months uh, before we got married. Um, I did get married very quickly. Um, 
Because honestly, the verbal and physical abuse didn't start until after we got married. Before, prior to us getting married, the relationship was, in my eyes, amazing. Um, That's kind of what made me marry him. Um, But after we got married, the drinking started picking up, and things just started to kind of escalate from there. Um, There was many times that I had thought about getting out, um, but I was fearful. Um, I was even fearful being in the hospital. Uh, When I was hospitalized, I was fearful uh, of the unknown, of how my life just got flipped upside down. Um, So many thoughts were going through my head, and, and it made it worse when that social worker came and told me that there was no room in the domestic violence shelter. And pretty much, you know, I went to the streets. It was awful. Um, I slept on park benches in the middle of winter, not knowing when I was going to eat. I felt like committing suicide. I contemplated committing suicide, um, but I'm so glad that I didn't because suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And if I did commit suicide, I wouldn't be able to talk and inspire other people. Um, And in my eyes, you know, God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to love ourselves. Um, He wants us to treat ourselves with kindness. Um, And so that's what I try to teach and inspire people to do. I know that when we're going through something so hard, the the light at the end of the tunnel seems so dim, but God Mm -hmm. gives his biggest battles to his strongest soldiers. And um, I think I'm one of them. (laughs) You better say that. You better say that. (laughs) Now, (laughs) also, when you got with him, because did you have any friends or family members that kind of said, mm, I don't know, something about him just ain't right? Did you have anybody who tried to open your eyes to the real person? Because there are always somebody around that sees it. And I know for a lot of women, especially if a single woman come up to you and say, girl, mm-mm, something about him I don't like, we tend to take it like, oh, you're just jealous I got a man, and you don't. But did you have anybody came to you and say, hey, Michaela, something is not right. Think about it. Yeah, I did have some friends that were like that, um, and I kind of did have the same thinking as you. Like, they're just, they're jealous, you know, they see me mm-hmm. happy, I'm finally happy, mm-hmm. and now they want to be negative, um, but right. I do wish that I would have listened to them, um, and took some of their advice, and kind of opened up my eyes a little bit, um, because it would have saved me from going through a lot of the awful things that I had to experience, mm-hmm. but yes, I did have some girlfriends come to me like, hey, Michaela, you know, this, something about him's rubbing me the wrong way, He seems like he's selfish. He seems vindictive. He doesn't really seem like he loves you. And I kind of just blew it off like, yeah, whatever. You know, you guys Mm -hmm. guys don't know what you're talking about. Um, And they were right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. They they do see it because when I tell you I had hints, I had flags, some people waved bed sheets in front of me. Honey, I just could not see it. Just could not see it because... When you are in it, you don't see it. And then when I left, I was so mad. 
at myself because when you get out and you look back, did you get mad at yourself as well when you got out? Because when you look back, you saw all the things your friends were saying to you were true. Yeah, I was so mad at myself. Um, I beat myself up for a long time, and I did kind of blame myself for the abuse for for a while um, after I left. I always asked myself, what could I have done better? But there's honestly mm-hmm. nothing that anyone can do to deserve abuse. Nobody uh, deserves to be abused in any type of way. And I, I love to tell people there's nothing you could have said better. There's nothing you could have done better. Um, right. When an abuser abused, that's a direct reflection of their character um, and Say who they again. are as a person. That's right. It's it's never the victim. It's even though they will say it's you. It's because of you. If you did not, that wouldn't happen. If you had not gone, that would not happen. If you would not just if we just keep your mouth shut, that would not happen. But it's never the victim's fault and. We hear that, and I know victims are listening, and even though they hear it, some of them, they just have not gotten to the place where they accept that and say, you know what, it happened, but it wasn't my fault. How long, wow, thunder, how long did it take you to come to the realization it was not you? I think it took a good year. Um, after my domestic violence situation to realize that it wasn't me, it took a lot of um, self-evaluation. I mm-hmm. had to be patient with myself and kind and gentle. Sometimes we can mm-hmm. be our own worst critics, and we have to remember we have to be patient, gentle, kind with Absolutely. ourselves. We have to give ourselves a chance to go through that healing process. We have to find those Absolutely. positive coping skills that work for us. Um, whether it's taking a bubble bath, reading a book, going for a walk. We have to do those little things. Working out, exactly. (laughs) We have to find those little (laughs) things that work for us. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. I would work out like a dog, and it wasn't about getting fine. It was just about I need to breathe. I need to exhale. I need to inhale. I need to live again. And it's like when I would work out and my heart would race, you feel alive. You you know what I'm saying? And you come to the place and you start liking yourself. It's like you said, the process is not easy because I placed a, a post on my Facebook page in regards to the healing process. You know, it is scary. But it is necessary. A lot of victims, they don't like going through the healing process because one of the things is you have to go back and revisit the past. And some people much rather just keep looking forward, not realizing. Sometimes you have to look backwards in able to be able to see clearly to move forward. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, sometimes I use this analogy. It's like when we're in our car. You know, we look back mm-hmm. in the rearview mirror to see what's behind us, but we don't keep looking there. We don't stay there. That's right. You know, we, right. we look back, we take a glance, and we keep driving forward. That's right. I heard somebody also say we, the, the rearview mirror 
is way smaller than the than the windshield. That means we pay more attention to what's ahead and not behind. Not saying what's behind is not important, you know, and it, it may have some necessity to it, but you don't live there. Yes, you're definitely right about that. You don't want to live in the past. Uh, you want to use it as a learning lesson as so you know what you can do better. Um, now, from going through my domestic violence relationship, I know the red flags to look for now. I know what the mm-hmm. cycle of abuse is, and I know that mm-hmm. if I see that happening again, that I need to get out. Um, Absolutely. I think that educa- education is very important. Uh, We need to talk more about domestic violence. We need to get the word out about it. We need to educate each other um, because there's a lot of people that are suffering in silence. And um, I want those people to know that they're not alone. And there is life after abuse. There is. There absolutely is. There absolutely is. Now, you said something that I also experienced with the shelters. While you were on the street for those for that eight months, did you ever try to find another shelter to go to, or once they told you there was nothing there for you, you just say forget it? You know what? I that's kind of what I did. Um, I really had just lost hope in the system at that point. Um, I it just felt awful to me that I just got victimized and basically told yeah. that. I I was going to be just released to the streets, and I never really tried to look for another shelter after that. I kind of had told myself I was going to do whatever I needed to do necessary to get myself out of this situation, and that's what inspired me to create the butterfly effect is the lack of resources really saddens me, Um, and it's Mm -hmm. something that I definitely want to change with working with legislators and different things like that. Those are some of my goals. Um, as far right. as seeing where the money's going for funding, because we need mm-hmm. more funding and we need more programs put into place for domestic violence survivors. We absolutely do. We absolutely do. I remember when I left my kid's father, the reason why I left is because he had placed a gun to my head. And I was pregnant with my daughter and I had our one-year-old son in my arm, and he took the gun and he placed it at our son's head, and then to mine, and then he said he was gonna kill me, kill our son, and turn the gun on him and kill himself. When I got to the shelter, even though you know you tell them that, I remember it was that Super Bowl of Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, and downtown Dallas was packed out. I did not have a car, so I had to ride the bus. When we got downtown, I called and I said, because of the them winning the Super Bowl, downtown is just gridlocked, the, the buses aren't moving. You know what they told me? They told me, well, you just have to come by tomorrow and pick up your things. So the, there, 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 there are no help for victims, and a lot, a lot, of, and you just went ahead and proved my point because I I did something on Facebook about that, I think, last Christmas or Christmas before last. There are so many people, women especially, young boys and girls, 
that are on the streets, not because they don't have a home to go to, but they would much rather remain in the streets rather than to go home and face the abuse. So when we, it's like we really need to, to, like you say, get the legislation going, get funding going. There are so many abandoned buildings. I'm pretty sure where you are, there are so many in, in the city of Dallas. Some of these buildings can be converted to shelters and safety homes for these victims. But they, yes, but they you're won't absolutely do that because, right. because everybody's looking for the dollar. And, and, and we cannot, we, being on the streets, you don't have a dollar. So how can you how can you ask of something that we don't have? So I, I want to ask you, how were you able to get off the street and get your own apartment? If you can walk us through step one, you know, did somebody help you? How did you get the job? How did you get the apartment? Because like I say, people are listening, and a lot of people will say, well, I don't have the money. I don't know where to go, especially the ones who've been manipulated the entire time they were there. So they think that they cannot do it. Give us step one, step two, until you got to your own place and started feeling better about yourself. Okay. Well, when I was with my abuser, um, before I had left, um, I had applied for SSI. So I kind of was already because um, I have um, epilepsy and lupus. So I okay. had already applied for Social Security, and as I was homeless, it was kind of like the waiting time. Um, gotcha. And what had happened was I ended up receiving back pay um, from my Social Security, and I got into my own apartment. It was just a studio, um, mm-hmm. and I built myself up from there, Um but I know a lot of people, you know, they might not be in that situation where they have Social Security pending. Um, but one of the things that I can tell you um, is that there are resources. Um, they're mm-hmm. kind of hidden. Um, and it's it's really sad to say that. But um, there are some resources. It just seems like they're hidden. They're not promoting themselves enough. People don't know about yeah. it. Um, and so that's kind of what I do with my butterfly effect is guide people to those resources um, and, you know, provide a voice for them because a lot of times even some people who are listening, they might want to get out of their situation, but they don't know how to go through the court process. They don't know how to talk to a domestic violence shelter, and that's where I come in. It's kind of a a third party to uh, speak on their behalf if they're not comfortable with doing that. But, yeah, um, for me, it was I had the SSI pending, and um, as I was living on the street, I God had blessed me um, with that back pay, and I was able to get into a little studio apartment, and from there, I've I've only gone up. That's right. That's perfect. That's beautiful. That's encouraging. That is encouraging. My, my, my. I hope you guys are listening. Like I said, I hope you guys have called somebody to tell somebody, hey, flip on the show, turn turn on, turn on. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of the show, you can call 515-605-9873. That is 515-605-9873. Michaela, I'm just going to have you go ahead 
and just tell the people again how to get in contact with you. Brother Chris, after she does that, can we have a couple songs to just uh, take us into the next segment? Because after that, we have one more hour with Michaela in as she tells us her encouraging story. So you guys, just give us a few more minutes before you run to the fridge. <laughs> before you run to the fridge, when, when the music is played, you can do that. So tell us how we can get in touch with you again, and after that, we'll take a short break and have a little music. All right. You guys can reach me um, on my Butterfly Effect page, which is www dot facebook dot com forward slash butterfly effect for victims and survivors. You can also reach me at https two forward slashes anchor fm forward slash Michaela McNeil. All right. All right. You guys we're gonna be right back now you can go to the refrigerator and get your snack. <laughs> we'll be back everybody. Wait a minute, I think something went wrong. We have been a little technical difficulties. Michaela, are you still there? Yes, I am. Uh-uh. I'm not hearing the music. <laughs> oh, my God. Live radio, baby. This is it right here. This is it. You got it. You, you get it as it's taking place. Let me check on, see what's going on really quick, really quick. Sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I hope as we take that time, you just kind of reflect on uh, on what have been said. So don't feel like you are one of the words they like to call us is a loser, an L7, okay? So don't feel like you are, are a loser, but what we're going to do, we're just going to go ahead and continue with the show until I hear from Brother Chris for that music. So, Michaela, you are back on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, um, you spoke of the physical abuse, and you said there was some verbal. Were there any other form of abuse? You know what, I think there was some mental, um, kind of the mind manipulation. Um, uh-huh. One minute, you know, he loved me. The next minute, he hated me. Um, it seemed Emotional. like there was nothing that I could do to get things right. Um, it seemed yeah. like it was kind of a, a cat and mouse game with him. So I do think that oh, yeah. I did experience some mental abuse. Um, it was kind of he wanted to have that power and control, and I feel like, that's why he would try to win me over financially um, as far as the gift. Um, you know, he would hit me, and then the next day buy me makeup or perfume or something that I might have said that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and we have to realize that that's part of the cycle of abuse. That's called the honeymoon stage. And at the time, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't even realize that that's what I was experiencing. Um but, yes, definitely the verbal, the physical, and the mental. Um, I don't think that I experienced financial. Uh, like I said, he would try to win me over with financial things. Um, that right. was his way of saying I'm sorry. Right. 
classic narcissist, classic. You know, children are very, very perceptive. And sometimes we see things <laughs> and sometimes we don't see things. And that same honeymoon phase that you talk about, the that cycle, you know, they put you up on this pedestal and they know exactly when to come and kick it out from under you. I remember when things were, I can't even say good or bad, because it came to a place where I don't even know if it was in or out, okay, because that's what being in a relationship with a narcissist will do. It will just mess up your whole perception of life together. And I remember I would wake up, and on the dresser, there would be designer bags, and there would be lingerie, and there would be, I mean, just lavish, lavish. And then everything would be nice. And don't you know, when things get bad, he would ask me for them. We married, right? And husband and wife, he placed me on his insurance because his insurance was a, a little cheaper than mine. So he placed me on his insurance. And one day he got upset at me and he sent me a text. And he asked me for his insurance card back. <laughs> when, when I think of things like that, those were the things that I would think of that would, that would upset me. Because I would say... Diane, why would you allow somebody to treat you like this and you forgive them and you go back and you want to love them when it's very, very clear they don't love you or he did not love me. But again, I speak to the ones who say they were rejected from birth or from a, a, a young child. Did you suffer any rejection or trauma from your father or your mother? Yeah, I did um, experience some childhood trauma. Um, I did uh, grow up in a dysfunctional household. I, I feel like my parents did the best they could uh, with what they know, um, but I did grow up in a dysfunctional household, a lot of fighting. Um, my mom, you know, would do some things that weren't being the best of parent. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like my dad, he always tried to do the best that he could. Uh, he grew up in a, a pretty large family, um, and they were dysfunctional at times as well. Um, so I wow. feel like my parents did do the best that they could. Uh, but, yeah, I did experience some childhood trauma. Um, I was kind of uh, always seeking that love, I feel like, that mm -hmm. I, I didn't really get. So as a teenager, you know, I would run away. Um, wow. I was a high-risk teen. Um, I, I did a lot of things that weren't good um, and that looking back on, you know, I wish I could change. Um, but sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, we don't really realize this, but our, how we grow up and 
how we are taught love is kind of how we feel about ourselves and how we mm-hmm. kind of navigate through our life. Um, and yes. so I kind of feel like I had to unlearn some of those childhood ways um, and kind of learn new Michaela ways so that right. I could have a, a healthy adult lifestyle. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, was your mom the aggressor or was it your dad? You know what? I think it was a little bit of both of them, <laughs> to okay. be quite honest. Okay. Um, okay. If that makes any sense, um, I feel like they both were violent to each other, um, mm-hmm. physically put, calling each other names putting each other down. Um, So, yeah, I feel like it was the both of them. I don't feel like it Mm -hmm. was really one more than the other. Um, I felt like they both did things that were unhealthy um, for a relationship. Okay. Okay, you guys, I think we have everything set up. I think we are able to get a little music going. We are going to give Michaela a little break for her to just have something to drink and you guys want to run to the fridge you can do that run to the restroom you can do that so brother chris take it away michaela we'll be right back you guys stay locked in you are listening to victory over the waste of life with your host author and speaker diane lubre we'll be right back family You're listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. Over the Weights of Life. With Sis Diane LeBrin. Right now on TPV Radio. This is Sterling Roberts, and you are listening to the Samus Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go!
claim all the glory. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. If us and the whales can obey your decree, God, we will shout out to his
You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go. You're listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. Over the Weights of Life. With Sis Diane LeBrin. Right now on TPV Radio. Over the weight of life with Sister Deanne Libreen. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. I want to give a special shout out to the U.S. Virgin Island, to my people, USVI, what's happening, what's happening, to the BVI, BVI, what's going on, to all the Caribbean islands, to the island of Puerto Rico, the United States of Virgin Islands, U.S. America, to the people in Russia listening, in the U.K., in Canada, South America, wherever you were listening, Japan, China, wherever you were listening, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us. If you were just coming on, let me tell you, you done missed out something good, okay? You're going to have to go back and re-listen to the portion that you missed, but we are grateful that you are here. Don't forget, you can listen to us at tpvradionetwork.com. I ask that you please go there, find my show, Victory Over the Weights of Life, follow my show, so whenever we come on, you will get the notifications so you don't have to miss anything and if you would like to be a part of the show don't be scared you don't have to give your name or anything if you want to call in make a comment or whatever you need to say you can call 515-605-9873 that number again is 515-605-9873 we are talking about domestic violence because This is what we do the first Tuesday of every month. And as we know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But the truth of the matter is, even though we suppose to recognize in the month of October, there is still a whole lot that is not being spoken of when it comes to domestic violence. You find more stuff on Halloween then you will find uh, about domestic violence. And people are hurting. People are in a place right now, especially now with this lockdown. So many victims are locked down with their abusers. So many children are on lockdown with not just the one that abused them mentally, physically, emotionally, but also the ones that are on lockdown with the pedophilia that are Uh, abusing them sexually. Amen. Our hearts go out to you. We are praying for you. Amen. Don't think that you are in the struggle by yourself. 
you have me, you have Michaela, and there are so many other wonderful women and men who are praying for you. So please, we're asking you, don't give up. Hang on in there. It may look like, uh, like Michaela said, the light at the end of the tunnel, it can look so dim because you, you, you look at yourself and you say you are so far away. Once upon a time, it looked like that for me. It looked that way for Michaela. But if you don't give up, you will come to the end of that tunnel. You will come into the light, and you will be able to help somebody navigate their lives just the way we are doing with you. So don't give up. Again, know that you are beautiful. Know that God loves you. The first week of Tuesday of every month, is dedicated to domestic violence awareness. And for the entire month of October, that's all we're going to be talking about. We're going to have guests coming and telling their stories. And, uh, again, we ask that you go ahead and follow us, tpvradionetwork.com. Look for my show, Victory Over the Waste of Life. Hit the follow button as well as give me the thumbs up. So we're going to go ahead and get back in. If you want to call in, don't forget, 515-605-9837, 515-605-9837, if you would like to be a part of this conversation. Please help me welcome back Michaela as she tells us a little bit more. Michaela, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to I be here. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate it so so very much. I've uh, I've watched your other videos and stuff that you've made. I've seen you on other programs. Uh, I, I I do I think I do follow your page and some of the stuff that you post. I I copy and reshare it as well because there are some people who don't like you you know sharing their stuff. So I I copy it and I I reshare it as well because when it comes to domestic violence, the people that I can't reach, she can, and the people she can't reach, I can. So we are all in this world together. So before we took the break, we were talking about parents. We asked Michaela which of her parents was the most aggressive, and she said they were equally (laughs) aggressive. And that brought up my next point. Most of the times when we hear of domestic violence. We hear how toxic the relationship is. We automatically assume it's the man. One of the things I would love to do is to have a man on the show to tell us about their story. I would love to have a man on the show because men are victims as well. There are men who are being victimized as well. And I asked Michaela which of her family, which of her parents were the aggressor, and she said they were equal, but for me, it was my mother. My mother knew all the buttons. My mother would step up in my dad's face. When I tell you, and to see a six foot two man kind of cower away from like a four foot eight, four foot nine woman. That tells you 
so much about her character. And I believe so deeply in my heart. One of the reasons why, when I left and my ex-husband called and he cried, one of the reasons why I came back is because I saw how broken my father was. I saw how my mother brought my father to tears. And I never wanted to do that to a man. So that's why domestic violence is such a vicious thing. In my twisted mind, I'm thinking of loving him will make him better. Hoping that the way I saw my father broken and and battered and he would have to just drink himself into a place where he just goes to sleep because he just don't want it. You know, and I I really believe that affected me in a way where it made me a little more susceptible to remaining in a relationship because like my father was so desperate for my mother to love him, I found myself in the same place. So please don't ever think when you hear of domestic violence, it is only the man and it is not. And it is not the, the woman because it does happen. Michaela, you have anything to say on that? Yes, um, I think you're, that you're definitely right. Um, my mom did a lot of things to provoke my father um, in different aspects. And a lot of times, you know, we don't think that men suffer from domestic violence, but they do. Um, and it's very yeah. hard for men to speak up because a lot of men are taught to be tough. And, you know, right. but talking and speaking up about domestic violence doesn't make you less of a man. Um, The butterfly effect, I do try to gear it towards men and women um, because a lot of programs are just based specifically for women, but a lot of men experience domestic violence and they need a platform to have a voice as well. Right. Right. And I have yet to find a man that would be willing to do this show and I am so looking for one because I believe if other men hear that one man speak of his experiences I think it will help that other man be a little more comfortable you know in speaking out against it it's not that they're weak it's not you know oh god I I just oh flashback lord flashback (laughs) It's not that they're weak It's just that they have loving hearts And just like women have loving hearts And we fall for the wrong man Men do the same thing They have loving hearts A lot of them have been broken as well A lot of them have been molested as well A lot of them were abused growing up as well A lot of them are just as broken And just as messed up as women And a lot of these men because I know a few of them, what they did, the women that they got with was exactly like their mama. So it's like all the men who saw, the ones that I know of, they saw that their dad being abused. They went and got women just like their mom. You would think they would say, no, no, no. But like Michaela said in the beginning of the show, for some people, that's normal. Right, Michaela, it's just normal. The chaos, the pot flying, the cussing and all this, it's just normal life. 
Right, most definitely. You kind of adapt to your environment and you feel like that's normal. That's what I thought that that's what a healthy relationship looked like. Um, and it, it ta- you know, I had to like grow up and experience things for myself to kind of understand that that is not love. As I said before, love does not hurt. Um, love right. is not proud. It's not boastful. It's patient. It's mm-hmm. kind. It's gentle. It's understanding. That's what real love is. And a lot of times we have a false sense of love, a distorted sense of love based on our childhood ways and how we learned love growing up um, definitely yes. plays a key role in our adult life. Right. Now, as we are on the topic of family, the in-laws, did any of them ever come to the rescue or did they just turn a blind eye and pretended like they didn't know what they brother were up to or son was up to? You know what? Um, They tried to protect him more than anything. Uh, He was always a mama's boy, so his mom would do anything to protect him, Uh, whether it was bailing him out of jail uh, when he would get arrested for doing something to me, uh, whether it... I mean, she literally would come to his rescue for any and every little thing. Uh, I don't think he ever knew what consequences were growing up. Everything was kind of handed to him. Um, so, oh. therefore, it kind of made it hard for him to see that anything was wrong with his actions at all. Wow. 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 See, now that's something so many people never even think of. So many, so many people never even think of that. I remember my in-laws were just the same, you know. I never had the courage to call the police until I called the police when he was gone because I knew if the police came when he was there, I knew the consequences of that would be worse. And the other time I called the police was the day I came and got my things and said, this is it, today is the day. And I remember as the my church member came and they started helping me out. The neighbor across the street, he was looking like, what are y'all doing over there? Y'all breaking in and entering what's going on over there? And I went to him and I told him, I said, I am leaving this abusive relationship. And I told him, I said, my, my church family, they are here to help me escape. And I said, can you please keep an eye to see when he's coming? Don't you know, next thing I know, the, he came around the corner. He saw me taking my stuff. He called the police and tried to have me arrested like I was the criminal, you know. So when I left, because like you say, their families, they will. some of their families will cover up for them. The rumor was, <laughs> this one makes me laugh too. Him and his family, except his older brother and the older brother's wife, the rest of them was spreading this rumor that I had ran off with the pastor of the church. So <laughs> to to defame me, to make me look bad, they just try to trash my name. Did your ex-husband do anything like that to you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, he would tell people that I was crazy, that I was oh, the yeah. aggressor, and he wasn't. Oh, yeah. um, 
he always wanted people to think that he was this wonderful man. Um, he always had this persona in public. So it was kind of hard when I did come out and say that he was abusive because people were like, wow, well, at that barbecue, you know, he was nice. He was wonderful. He was mm-hmm. polite. But you never mm-hmm. know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, mm. As I said before, it's that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality. They're like Absolutely. a switch. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, it, yeah. it, it, it's like you, the thing that you're saying is like, oh, my God, did, were we married to the same man? Wait a minute. Now we're <laughs> but those are the traits of a narcissist. They're all the same. They're, and a lot of the times there can be abusers that are not narcissists. But a lot of the times, a lot of them are narcissists. And the worst type of abuser is a narcissist because they never want to take responsibility for what they've done. It's always the victim's fault. It doesn't matter what goes wrong in the relationship, in the house, with the finance, with the food, like you said. It is always the victim's fault. And this is why I I called my ex-husband the perfect chameleon. And, And from what you're describing about your ex-husband, he is too. Whatever the atmosphere was, they were they were ready to be a part of that. If, if you're looking for somebody that's charming, or they bring on the charm, somebody that's sensitive, that's sensible, somebody who's strong, whatever the atmosphere calls for at that moment, they were able to transform to be exactly that. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, They know how to put on whatever persona that's needed. Um, And it's it's really sad, and it makes it hard for a domestic violence victim to tell their story because a lot of times we get looked at like we're the perpetrators and we're crazy. Um, Uh As you said, you know how he tried to flip the script and call the police on you as though you did something wrong. Um, they're very good at, at doing that. But as survivors of domestic violence, we have to remember that we have the power to take control back of our life. Um, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a hard road. There's going to be days where you feel like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I I don't right. know, you know what I'm saying, how I'm going to make it through. But definitely find that support network. Um reach out to people, whether it's Diane or myself. Um, There's a lot of wonderful people in this world that do care about your situation and what you're going through and and do want to help. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This is why I love doing the show because I don't know for you, but I tend to tell the guest speakers, I say, this would be like the best therapy. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we have to talk about our experiences because we're like a Pepsi bottle. If you shake a Pepsi yeah. bottle and take off the cap, what happens? It explodes. Huh. We're the same yeah. as human beings. We have to talk about what we've gone through, and it is therapy. It is therapeutic. It's not only helping ourselves, but it's helping those that are listening um, as well. And so it's it's a beautiful thing 
that you have this wonderful platform for people like myself to be able to come on here and share our experiences because it it could be one thing that we say that might save somebody's life and Absolutely. I feel like if I can do that I've changed the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is exactly how I feel because I remember being in these relationships and I say these relationships because sometimes when you get out of one you don't know because you're broken, you've never been healed, and a narcissist can read that, and next thing you know, you're in, you don't even know. But I wish then I had somebody to say to me, I understand what you're going through. And I understand because I, too, was one of them. Because when you say that to a victim, it it, it, it's the opening of the door. You know what I'm saying? Little by little, the door is, it, it, it opens up little by little, giving the victim chances to, to be able to speak and to release some of that stuff. It's like you said, you shake that Pepsi bottle, sooner or later pop. And for that reason, a lot of people, they, they take them to the edge and that's it. And when they react, you know what I'm saying? That it makes them look like they are the perpetrators because, again, the narcissists are so perfect. Like she just said at the barbecue, they are wonderful. They give all the compliments as you walk away. They're holding your hands or they have their arm around you. Just everything is beautiful, beautiful. But with a narcissist, everything you see is a lie because they don't know truth. Michaela? Yes, you're absolutely oh, right. Okay, I'm sorry, um, I thought I was cut off. Oh, no, you're I absolutely say, right. You can they, they put on this persona and they put on this um, trait that they're these wonderful people, but behind closed doors, they're, they're completely different. Um, I remember yeah. so many times we would go out in public and it would seem as though we were a wonderful married couple, that nothing was wrong. And as I said before, you know, after I got out of it and I would tell people what was really going on behind closed doors, they were just shocked. They couldn't believe it. You know, they thought that he was just this wonderful man and they saw me with nice jewelry and nice clothes and all this stuff. Um, and when he was abusive to me, he would put bruises on me in places that people couldn't see. So a lot of times yeah. he was punching me and kicking me, it would be on my back. Obviously, I have if I have a shirt on, you're not going to be able to see those bruises. Um, a lot of Absolutely. times abusers do that because they don't want other people knowing they're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. I would have bruises on my legs in wintertime, um, and oh, yeah. I would have pants on so nobody would see it. So people it, were right. very shocked when I got out of the situation and told them what was occurring. Oh, yeah. As uh, someone, uh, a, a gentleman placed on the chat, he said, as a man being abused, he say it's hard. And, and, and we understand that. And he said, it pushes you to the edge. And that is so very true. I wish 
he would he would call because he sounds like he has something to say and and thank you so much for putting that on the chat on the on the chat but again Michaela we have a man that is a part of the conversation and he just said he just basically agreed with what we said that being a man in an abusive relationship is hard so I'm trying to see mm, I know how to talk to a woman and I would that's why I say I would love to have a man on the show because I know how to talk to a woman who has been in an abusive relationship or is in one now but I don't know how to talk to a man have you ever had a man reach out to you and say to you exactly what he said, being a man in an abusive relationship is hard, and he was able to talk to you just to give this person a little a little something to hold on to. Yes, um, I definitely have had a lot of men um, come forward to me privately um, and talk to me about being in abusive relationships. Um, if you are listening, one thing that I want to tell you is it's not your fault. And it is okay to speak up and speak out about it. I know that sometimes our society um, has made it seem like it's just women that are abused, but um, it's not. And it's not your fault. Um, And please, you know, find that inner strength. I know it might be hard, but find that inner strength to come and speak out or even speak to us Mm -hmm. privately um, because Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to help your growth and your healing process. Um, And, it's not okay. Um, I'm sorry for what you're you're going through and what you're enduring, but know that you're not alone, and, and we do care. Uh, we do want to create a platform for men to speak up as well because you guys are important to us. Um, oh, wow. Every survivor wow. is he, important to us. Right. He said, as a man, we have no rights like the women do. And and that that is so true. That is so very true. And they say if a man comes out, it's what do you say? It's embarrassing. It's 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 more prob. How is he saying that? His more problem. I'm trying to understand how how he put that. He wants to just text. Okay, <laughs> he wants to just text. He don't want to talk. He's texted, but he don't want to talk. But he say as a man. It is it is easier basically for a woman to to come out and speak about it because again as we say as a man it's harder so they don't want mm-hmm. to but remaining in the dark and not speaking up about it you're not helping yourself and it's like just like she just said you have to talk to somebody you can reach out to somebody you don't have to give your name and and address and everything but you can just say hey i'm a man and what women go through i go through that as well we're not gonna look down at you any differently we're not gonna you know what i'm saying make you feel or seem like you are weak because like i said i do know of men who are in abusive relationships i do know of men who have who have wives and they are so manipulative and controlling. I do, but nobody is willing to talk. And as you can see, Michaela, he's willing to chat, but he's not willing to talk. Right. And and as he said, he felt kind of embarrassed, but 
one thing he has to realize right now is he took that initiative to even text. So even there that means something and speaks volumes. You know, you do have that inner strength, and there's nothing to be embarrassed about um, whatsoever. The It's not your fault. And just the fact hmm. that you're able to text and even say what you have said shows that you have that inner strength inside of yourself, and you should definitely pat yourself on the back for even making the initiative to do that. Wow. You he are strong. A man, you are very strong. Yes, absolutely. He says as a man, they are forced to remain quiet. That is so powerful. They are forced. It's like they don't have a choice. Wow. That 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 really is that really is sad and, and it is it's heartbreaking because I'm a mother. I'm a mother of two grown boys and one daughter. In the exact way, I don't want no man putting his hands on my daughter. I don't want no female putting their hands on my sons either. And that's one of the things I learned as a speaker. You cannot be biased in speaking because sometimes as women, our abuser were men, we tend to say he, he, he. And then I've had some some uh, followers that will remind me, women do it too. And then I have to apologize and say, oh, yes, I'm sorry. So I'm trying to be a little more conscious of saying him and her or, you know what I'm saying? Because just as this brother is saying, we make it so difficult for them to come out because, again, they have no representation. You're definitely right. Uh, one thing that I want to say to him is you are stronger because you spoke out. That mm-hmm. right there is so amazing to me that he even had the courage to text in. You know, he is right. Society does make it hard for men to speak up, and it, it does seem like women have the upper hand, in it. and I feel like that's another thing we need to talk to legislators about and change is having more programs put into place, uh, more awareness mm-hmm. for men in abusive relationships because it's it's not just the women uh, that are getting yeah. verbally abused and mentally, physically, right. financially. You're right. You are absolutely correct. You are absolutely correct. Man, this, wow, this, this breaks my heart. Like I said, I mean, women tears me up. But men as well, it really, it really hits home because what he is saying right now, what he's displaying right now, like I said, is exactly the things that my mother did to my father. He had nobody to talk to either. So what did he do? He drank and he smoked. He'd have a cigarette in his in one hand and then he'd have a drink because that's the coping mechanism again because they have nobody to talk to. They have no outlet. But to the brother that's listening, I just want to say thank you so much because just by you listening and you're commenting, there can be other men that are listening as well, and you are helping them, and you don't even realize it. But just by knowing that another man is going through, you are helping as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, wow. thank you so much for speaking up. It it's definitely gonna help somebody. I feel wow. it. Wow. 
He said, my woman is quick to call me a narcissist when I had, what he said, when I had enough <laughs> and speak and see, just like my dad, just like my dad and speak out. He's the same thing he's saying. It's like, it's my father. It's, 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 oh my God, this is, this is crazy. This is like deja vu. And he said, it feel good when I start, what did he say, when I started up, but the only safety I have is jail. Can you believe that? The only, oh my God. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy. She, this, this, I'm telling you, this is like flashback deja vu for me. Because I would remember my mother would do her stuff. And because we did not live too far from my grandmother, especially on Sundays, my uncles would come up to my grandmother to visit. And she would do her stuff, and then she would take off running up to my grandmother's house. I remember one Sunday, I came home from church, and I really thank God that I wasn't there to to witness that because I can't even imagine how my daddy felt and, and what he was going through. I remember coming home from church one day, and in front of the house, there was blood. It was my father's blood because my mother had done whatever she does best, being the narcissist, you know, and she called her brothers and they came and they ganged up on my father and his blood was on the ground. My dad is the baby, well, was the baby of the family. By the time he was 16, both of his parents had died. So his siblings raised him and a lot of them were in the UK. So he had no outlet. Again, this this is what we're saying. No outlet. They don't have any support. And and time is running up. Oh my God, time is running up. And and this is so good because whew, brother, 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 you 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 making me have to face some things that I didn't want to face today. You're taking me through some places that I didn't want to go today, but I appreciate that because you are bringing light to exactly what we're talking about, exactly what we're saying. Domestic violence is not bias. It does not care if you are a man or a woman. It doesn't care if you're black. If you're white, if you're Hispanic, if you're Asian, it doesn't matter if you have a Ph.D., a doctorate, or a GED. It doesn't matter if you're bringing home $100,000 a year or you bring home $1,000 a month. It doesn't matter. Domestic violence is something ugly that needs to be addressed. They need to be steeper penalty for both men and women, not because a man hit a woman, he should get six months in jail, and she do it, she get probation. No. If whatever she does, whatever he does, if it's the exact same thing, they deserve the exact same punishment. I don't play that stuff, oh, she's a woman. If she was a woman, you know, then you don't put yourself in that place. You a man, you don't put yourself in that place. You want to hit somebody, look in the mirror and hit yourself. But you have no right 
to put your hands on nobody. We have got to learn what self-control is. And it's destroying our families. It's destroying our world. It's just destroying everything that is precious to us. And to hear that your story has moved a man to call, not to call him, but to text and tell us a little bit about himself. It's just the power of telling the story, of telling of, of, of what you've overcome. And this is why I just love my, my guests, because you guys helped me to help others. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Michaela, you have anything else to say? I just want to say thank you for having me you on today. Um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity, and I think what you're doing is absolutely incredible. God bless you, hon. God bless you. God bless you. But I'm telling you, it 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 is not <laughs> because this right here, as you know, you have to undress. You have to tell the truth. You you cannot speak up against something like that and you don't expose yourself. So when we do stuff like that, as you do your podcast, it puts you in a place where you're very vulnerable. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. It it definitely does. You're vulnerable. Hmm. You're opening up yourself to the world. Um, you're telling, you know, some of the moments of your life that weren't the best. Mm-hmm. So it can be uncomfortable. But um, the bigger picture is just being able to inspire and empower somebody. Um, I feel like this is my fire-burning passion. Every day we wake mm-hmm. up is a new opportunity to achieve greatness. And every day that I'm able to help somebody, I feel like I'm serving my purpose here on Earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have nine minutes left. Again, can you please tell the people how they can get in touch with you if they need a dynamic speaker, how can they reach out? Give them your email address and everything to reach out to you. Okay, well, my email is T-A-P-A-I-Michaela, M-A-K-A-Y-L-A, at gmail.com. They can reach me on Facebook by going to pages and typing in the butterfly effect, or they could type in www dot facebook dot com forward slash butterfly effect victims and survivors they can also reach me on speak out convos my podcast at https two forward slashes anchor fm forward slash michaela mcneil um so yeah please feel free to reach out to me whether it's wanting somebody to speak for a future speaking engagement or if you need some peer-to-peer support or guided to resources in your area, um, please feel free to reach out to me. I, I definitely love to help. All right. I, I just have one question. When are you going to write your book? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, that is definitely something that I want to do, um, and, and I pray that God blesses me with the opportunity to do so. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I am going to start work on working on writing a book um, probably in the next few months. Right now I'm in the process of getting my office set up. Um, so okay. I think that God might bless me with that opportunity sometime this year. 
Yes, because this is definitely a story that needs to be told, that needs to be heard, you know. And you inspired a brother to to speak out, a man to speak out. I don't know where they're listening to us from, and that's one of the things I told you. We reach the world. We are not just here in the United States. We are in the Caribbean, we are in the Virgin Islands, we are in Europe, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, we are, I think, in uh, Brother Chris said, Mexico. We are touching the world because domestic violence is a universal thing. It's not one one type of people that does it and the other doesn't. It's, I've had women from Iraq, Afghanistan, reach out. My God, in Israel, I've had women reach out to me. And sometimes I say, why are they reaching out to me? Because the stories, the things they've overcome, I'm like, I should be calling you, not you calling me. (laughs) I should be calling because what you overcame, I don't think I would be able to do that. But they reach out because they're hurting. And, and, and when they know there are people that they can talk to, people that understand them, it gives them a little hope. Amen. So we have like seven minutes left on the show. And I just want to say thank you to Michaela. You guys give Michaela a hand. Would you please tell her thank you for being with us tonight? Thank you so much, Michaela. Thank you. I appreciate you being a part of of my network. I, I'm pretty sure I am. I am following you. I'm pretty sure I am. So if not, I'm gonna look for me. I'll be on there tonight. So uh, I just want to say again, thank you. I just want to say again, I so appreciate you being candid. I am so grateful. Do you have any last word of encouragement? For women and men right now Yes Please just know that the abuse is not your fault You're not alone And there is life after abuse Um, It definitely is going to be hard But you can get through it And you can overcome And you can conquer and be the warrior That you were determined And put here to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I have to agree with that And I just want to say to you guys, keep your head up. Don't give up. For me, I know one of the ways I thought was my way out was suicide. I got to a place where I was so depressed, I was contemplating suicide. I worked downtown Dallas. And I was on the 17th floor and then moved up to the 20th floor. And I was contemplating jumping because I felt like life was not worth living. I was on Prozac, messed me up. I was on Zoloft. I was on Effexa because trying to regulate me with drugs was not working. And the only thing that kept me alive the the reason why I did not jump, the reason why I did not commit suicide, because even in the train, I was trying to lean up against the door of the train in the tunnel. 
in hopes that I would fall because the enemy was so loud in my ears. This is the way out. And what I would think of is my children. If I die, who would take care of my children? And this is what I am saying to you. You have more to live for than to die for. When you die, that's it. It's, it's, it's no returning, no coming back. Don't let the pain of today prevent you from enjoying the joy of tomorrow. The Bible puts it like this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. You may say, Diane, it has been a long night. And honey, I know, I know, I understand. But if you believe in God, if you hold on to his hand, just like he brought me out, just like he brought Michaela out, just like he brought the other survivors who've been on the show, just like he brought them out, he can and he will do the same for you. Fight for life. Don't give up. Find something or somebody that you are willing to dig your toes in and your and your nails into and hold on to that. It's going to get better. We are praying for you. We love you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray now for everyone who is listening to this program. And I pray, God, for everyone who will listen later. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your virtue reach them wherever that they are. Lord, I pray that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep their hearts and their minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, reveal yourself to them today. Let them know that you are there. You are standing right where they are with your arms wide open. And if they run into your arms, they never have to worry about you pushing them away because you are never the God who rejects your children, but you are the God who have loved us with an everlasting love. We thank you for this program. We thank you, God, for the Newtons. I thank you, oh God, for Michaela giving her the strength to come on. Bless that brother and all the others who wanted to speak of God but was too afraid. We give you thanks and praise in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Michaela, honey, again, once again, I want to thank you so very much. Brother Chris, Sister Shanice, my heart, I love you guys. Thank you for this opportunity to give us this platform to speak to broken and hurting people. And to the brother that's listening, my brother, stay up. God love you. So do I. Walk with us, family. Let's go next Tuesday right here, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll see you guys later. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks again. Hurt you were up all night Think about how your world ain't right And you wonder if things will ever get better And you're asking why is it always raining on you When all you want is just a little good news Instead of bitterness stuck out in the weather
Radio, Central Texas. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.